your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, February 19th, 2021. Finishing off the week strong is how we get down. Today's episode is being brought to you by Built Bar. You already know you can go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On. You're going to get 20% off your next order. I actually have something to tell you about Built Bar. A little bit of a little different than what I normally tell you about Built Bar. Kind of something special that they have going on today, but I'll tell you about that a little bit later on in the show. Coming up on the show, matter of fact, segment number three calls text straight off that locked on Raider podcast voicemail line has been getting a lot of great feedback so definitely going to get to that coming up in segment number three of course that locked on Raider podcast voicemail line number is 707-654-4693 you can call or text or if you want you can send me a tweet at your boy Q254 if you're trying to get a message onto the show I'll try to get it on that way as well but calls and texts for sure coming up in segment number three segment number two a uh, question that Brother Marquise in the 305 rep Miami, he uh, actually hit me up on Thursday, and uh, we kind of got into a little back and forth about it, a little question that he had. And it was basically, you know, would you rather have a top three offense or a top 17 defense? And that, again, was from Brother Marquise in the 305. Been listening to the podcast for a very long time. Uh, good dude. So I kind of want to talk about that, expand on that, and uh, also talk about just the defense in general. Gus Bradley uh, talking about trying to get this defense where it needs to be. And not necessarily having a top three offense or even having a top 17 defense, but just kind of what this Raiders team needs to do uh, moving forward. I have a couple of different articles that I've been reading that, uh, you know, kind of have some uh, some stats and some numbers that I want to throw out there as well. So that conversation, offense, defense, that's all going to come up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, like I do on the daily, give you the news and the notes of the day. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. And there's a lot of news from Thursday. There was a whole lot of news. So let's just start at the top. How about we start with the salary? cap. The floor for the salary cap, as announced on Thursday, is going to be at $180 million. And uh, we all anticipated it was going to be at 175 At least that was going to be the floor. And anything above that was going to be gravy. In 2020, it was at $195 million. Uh, and, and that was the cap. So right now, we know for a fact that the floor is 180 and it can still go up. Uh, Adam Schefter and, ult- and, and multiple different uh, uh, media outlets put that out there on Thursday. Uh, and the statement from uh, the NFL uh, chief executives they they put out saying as you know one aspect of the agreement negotiated last summer with the NFLPA to address operations during the pandemic provides a 2021 salary cap will be no less than 175 million Following discussions with the union that addressed both actual 2020 revenues and projected attendance for the 2021 season, we have ingre- increased. We have agreed to increase the minimum salary cap for the 2021 league year to 180 million. This is not the final salary cap for 2020 league year, which will be set following review of final 2020 revenue figures and other audit and accounting adjustments. This agreement simply increases the minimum 2021 salary cap by five million dollars per team from 175 million to 180. We will promptly advise all clubs as soon as the ca- salary cap is set so I immediately put out a tweet was like there you go there's the salary cap and I I didn't specify and so a lot of people hit me up were like no Q 
that's not true. That's just the floor. Right, exactly. That is the floor. It can only go up from 180. So the Raiders, they put over, they carry over $3.6 million from 2020. Uh, that's the third lowest in the AFC. Uh, that still puts them right now currently with none of their transactions gone through yet. None of their, you know, Tyrell Williams, LaMarcus Joyner, uh, who knows what happens with Marcus Mariota. Uh, Trent Brown is still a question. None of those that I've outlined multiple times on how they can lower their salary cap. None of those have taken effect. They're at about, I don't know, anywhere between kind of 15 and $18 million, depending on what website you're looking at. I always go to uh, spotrack.com or else overthecap.com to get the figures. And I even had Michael Giannitti from uh, spotrack.com on my radio show on Fox Sports Central Texas. And he was talking about the salary cap. And I was asking about the numbers. And, and every number that was based on that website was off the 175. They knew it couldn't go any lower than that. So that's where they put it. If you look at their website right now, uh, the Raiders are currently... 25th in the league, minus $13 million when it comes to all cap space. But when you're talking about the top 51 contracts, minus $9.7 million. So again, that's something that they'll easily get under and they still don't know exactly what the salary cap's going to be. So all in all, they're in pretty decent position when it comes to salary cap and being able to be players in 2021, the offseason. They'll be able to make that happen. Another piece of news that dropped on Thursday had to do with the Raiders is the fact that they re-signed defensive lineman David Irving. Now, he was a guy that spent a little bit of time with the Raiders in 2020, a guy that came over from the Cowboys, a guy that has all the ability in the world. Dude is just a super stud. He could be a super athlete. I mean, if, if he has the want to, he could be a difference maker on that defensive line. He just didn't do much for the Raiders in 2020. Uh, he was banged up quite a bit, and you know he had been out of football, so he really wasn't in shape. But the Raiders, after he actually actually went out and, and, and met with the Colts. He met with, I think, the Eagles. He met with uh, another team as well. I can't remember what team it was. Oh, I think it was the Lions. Anyway, he had gone on a little bit of a tour uh, and done some visits with teams, and he ends up back with the Raiders. He put out a tweet saying, it was inconceivable a year ago to many people that I'd be in a position to sign with the Raiders. Big thanks to Coach Marinelli for always having my back and Coach Gruden for believing in me. The greatness of the Raiders lies in his future, Al Davis, but that was from David Irving. Then the Raiders put out a statement saying the Raiders have re-signed free agent defensive lineman David Irving, six foot nine, two hundred ninety pound defensive lineman, originally signed by the Chiefs as an undrafted free agent following the twenty fifteen NFL draft. He signed to the team's practice squad following preseason and was later signed by the Cowboys. Uh, he spent four seasons there from twenty fifteen to eighteen over his five year career. Irving appeared in thirty nine contests with ten starts, compiling forty eight tackles, twelve and a half sacks, five forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, and fourteen passes defense. Last season with the Raiders, Irving was added to the team's practice squad on October twentieth. He made two appearances throughout the season, had four stops. As a rotational player on the defensive line. Anyway, super stud. The dude could go and ball out if he has the want to. I was actually surprised that the Raiders re-signed him, but Rod Marinelli is still part of the defensive staff. Of course, Gus Bradley is the defensive coordinator, but Rod Marinelli is still there, and he has those ties with David Irving. So maybe now with the full offseason, maybe now with him going into training camp, and maybe he has the want to. I got excited when he was signed with the Raiders in 2020 because I just know what he has, the ability he has to bring to the table if he's motivated. If, like I said, I keep going back to want to. If he has the want to and the desire to be a difference maker he absolutely can be if the Raiders could get him for a full 16 games we're talking about you know this team getting better defensively this could be a key cog on the defensive side of the ball if he's motivated if his mind is right if he's ready to go and ball out again those are big ifs because David Irving over the course of his career he's never had enough want to to do it consistently can he do it now well we'll see 
And of course, the real big news that happened on Thursday in the NFL didn't have to do with the Raiders, but could have an effect on the Raiders is the fact that Carson Wentz, the Eagles quarterback, gets traded to the Colts. And in my opinion, the Colts really gave up nothing for him. I mean, they really kind of got away with a steal, man. The Colts gave up a 2021 third round pick and a 2022 second-round pick that could turn into a first-round pick uh, depending on conditions. Carson Wentz playing time, he has to play above 75% next season. The conditional 2022 second-round pick would become a first-round pick. Uh, The second-round pick also becomes a first if Wentz plays at least 70% of the plays and the Colts go to the playoffs. But still, I mean, man, they got a quarterback after losing their quarterback. Phillip Rivers retires, so you know that they're out there on the quarterback market. Everyone thought, including myself, Matt Stafford was going to be a shoe-in to go to Indy. He ends up going to the Rams, and they end up getting Carson Wentz. He reunites with Frank Wright, and he's still a young dude, and his salary is very, very manageable, and they don't give up that much. A 2021 third-round pick and a conditional 2022? Yeah, that's that's a really good deal. His money is not a whole lot. Salary cap hit for 2021 for uh, Carson Wentz, 25.4 million, not much at all. 2022, 20 million dollar or 22 million dollar cap hit. 2023, 25 million dollar cap hit. 2024, 26 million dollar cap hit. It's not a whole lot. Matter of fact, the uh, the Eagles end up absorbing a whole lot of his contract. They got like 30 something million of dead money on their salary cap just based off the trade alone. So they just moved on from him, and now it's the Jalen Hurts show in Philadelphia, so that should be interesting. But Carson Wentz is now a member of the Indianapolis Colts, and I will say the only thing I think that the way that this affects the Raiders is the fact that a lot of people were talking about, and Vinny Bonsignor from the Las Vegas Review-Journal had put out that the Raiders were receiving calls about Derek Carr, and they were talking about two first-round picks for him. I believe Derek Carr is better than Carson Wentz. I really do. But if Carson Wentz for, went for a third and a conditional 2022 second-round pick, I don't think Derek Carr is getting two first-round picks. I think that his value just went down because, well, Indianapolis didn't give up much for Carson Wentz. I'm not saying that the Raiders weren't getting calls with a high value on uh, on Derek Carr, but earlier in the week I was talking about two ones and a defensive player from possibly the Bears. That's not happening based off of what you just saw with Carson Wentz. One of the beat writers from the Colts said that the, a league source said the Colts were among the teams that did check in on Raiders starting quarterback Derek Carr but received a pretty firm not available from the Raiders. So that kind of just goes back to what you know David Carr has been saying and multiple other folks that cover the Raiders have been saying that Derek Carr is just not available. Unless a team were to come and just blow the Raiders away, he's not available for a trade. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, going to talk about a top three offense or a top 17 defense. Which one would you prefer? I'll explain it a little bit more as we get into segment number two. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about the title sponsor of today's show, which I mentioned at the top was Built Bar. And I wanted to tell you about something special with Built Bar. Today only, they're having a flash sale for the Coconut Puff Bar. That's right. You heard me right. The Coconut Puff Bar. Luscious Chocolate. Soft marshmallow made with premium collagen protein blend. 16 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only 6 grams of sugar. Gluten-free, preservative-free, limited time only, one-day sale. So you got to order now. BuiltBar.com, that's the website. Make sure you go check it out. Of course, uh, while you're there, you can go and get all the other great flavors that are on there as well. You can go and get a bunch of different bars, choose from a bunch of different flavors. They have a lot more on the way as well. But I really want you to concentrate today. They're having a special on the coconut Puff Bar. Uh, use the promo code Locked On while you're at BuiltBar.com and get hooked up again. Today's one day only flash sale: the Coconut Puff Bar from Built Bar. Segment number two. It's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team 
every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast on this Friday, finishing off the week really, really strong. My guy, brother Marquise in the 305, rep Miami, hit me up on Thursday afternoon, just kind of exchanged a couple text messages talking about the Raiders, talking about a top three offense or a top 17 defense. And what I mean by that is he sent the text and said, question of the day. Are we better if we go from the top 10 offense to top three offense or go from 30th ranked defense to 17th? And Brother Marquise's answer was, I'm taking top three, providing you're not last defensively. I think we'll move up to at least the low 20s just with health and coaching. That's why I'm all in on offense, LOL. That's from Brother Marquise into 305. And me personally, I said, look, top 10 offense is really, really good. I much prefer a defense to be way better than 30th. And what I mean by that is, especially off of points allowed. You know what I mean? It's one thing if you're going to allow a lot of yards, but then you bow your neck when it comes to the, to the red zone, and you make teams kick field goals, similar to what the Raiders did a lot in 2020, kicking a lot of field goals instead of scoring a lot of touchdowns. So if you're going to give up yards, but you're not giving up a lot of points, that's one thing. But if you're going to give up a lot of points and you're going to be the 30th-ranked defense and you're still going to give up 30 points a game, I mean, that's not going to work. You've got to improve. And I, I understand what Brother Marquise is saying, that he thinks that just with better coaching and the players being healthy, you're going to get into the low 20s. I still think you need to be better than that. I really do. I mean, think about this. In 2020, the Raiders' defense gave up 478 points. That is the most in team history on a per-game basis. It ranks only behind the pre-Al Davis teams, 1961 Raiders. You know, back in the day when they wore the gold and black uniforms, they gave up 32.7 points per game. But still, not talking about those teams, talking about Al Davis-owned teams. That is the most in the Al Davis era. And obviously, it's not the Al Davis era right now, but still. 478 points is ridiculous. Again, 29 point, basically 29.9 points a game. So 30 points a game they gave up. You're not going to win a lot. And they still found a way to go 8-8, eight and eight, which just absolutely blows my mind. So this is really why I want to talk about this because not only is, you know, the defense got to improve, the offense has got to carry a little bit more weight as well. So that goes to Brother Marquise's point in saying, hey, you know, I'd rather go with the top three offense. Think about if the Raiders had a top three offense and still gave up all those points, they probably would have won, what, nine games? maybe 10 games, but not guaranteeing that they make the playoffs. So if you can have a better offense, I'm not saying don't improve the offense, and I don't think John Gruden will ever stop trying to improve the offense, but you have to. You have to find a way to make that defense better. It just cannot be as bad as it was. I mean, I could think of three or four games specifically that they lost at the very end because the defense was so bad. Kansas City, the game in Vegas, the game I went to, they lost that game because the defense was horrific. The game against the Chargers, they should have won. Couldn't stop them. Game against Miami, sure should have won that one. Couldn't stop them at the end. I mean, that's three right there. That's 11, that's 11 wins if you just win those three games. You're probably in the playoffs with three wins. So the defense has got to get better. And that's where Gus Bradley comes in. You know, how can he get this thing turned around sooner rather than later? You know, I mean, I mentioned in segment number one, the addition of David Irving. He could be, again, if motivated, he could be a difference maker on that defensive line. I was on with Cofield and company on, on Tuesday on ESPN Las Vegas, and he was talking about, Steve Cofield was talking about, Q, how about the Raiders go out there and get 
some lower level free agents that are going to be some veterans that are going to be available due to the salary cap and try to rebuild their defense that way and add some guys that can, you know, as a matter of fact, can go out there and play. Uh, some folks have mentioned guys like Melvin Ingram. Some guys have mentioned Richard Sherman. There's other players that like J.J. Watt, maybe not the highest paid guy, you know, coming up. There's, there's going to be a lot of veterans that are released that are going to be uh, available in free agency. How about you go out and get there, get four or five real deal players on that defensive side of the ball instead of just going and getting one big fish. That may be the way to do it if Gus Bradley feels like those guys could fit in with what he's trying to do. Now, he's not known for having a very complex defense. That's the good thing about it. It is pretty simple. A guy like Max Crosby, he could be an ideal edge, edge rusher in a Gus Bradley defense. So that's exciting to know that. Can Jonathan Abram be... Cam Chancellor for for that defense. You know, can they find a guy to play safety to be that Earl Thomas? The Raiders don't currently have that guy. And something I've been harping on for a while, where's the linebacker? Who is the big-time linebacker? Can Corey Littleton be that guy? Maybe. Can Nick Wachowski be that guy? He's solid. He most likely is going to have the green dot in 2021. I'm, I'm excited about that. You know, some consistency there. Can Corey Littleton stop thinking and just go out there and play? I mean, that that could say a lot. But I still don't think he's that alpha dog that I've been mentioning, like a Jeremiah Wusu komoa That would make that position a lot better. Can Trayvon Mullen be the equivalent of a Richard Sherman? I don't know. You know, I, I think he's a good number two defensive back. So whoever's across from, from Richard Sherman, maybe he could be that guy. There's, there's a lot of questions. I think that the defense is going to be something that these guys should be able to pick up and understand a little bit better and a little bit easier than Paul Gunther's defense. But they've got to get, again, we've said it so many times, they've just got to get to around the middle of the pack. As much as I would love to go and just say, hey, just go all in on offense, I have to say that the defense has got to get better. It's just got to get better. And if you go back and look at, you know, what the Raiders did down the stretch, they were 6-3 and three at one point, and then they went, you know, 2-5 and five, uh, down the stretch. When you look at that, you know, Derek Carr, his numbers regressed. Josh Jacobs, his numbers regressed. Their red zone offense regressed. So, again... As much as I'm harping on the, the defense, the offense did play a role in the in the collapse down the stretch of the season. So, yeah, they have to continue to improve the offense. You know, I know Brother Marquise, he was looking at uh, Kyle Pitts as a, as a guy that the Raiders should be interested in in the draft. He's going to go top five. I mean, he's listed as a tight end, but he's uh, everything a wide receiver just like Darren Waller. I mean, that, that would make the, the Raiders and their, their offense, I mean, incredible. If you have Kyle Pitts and you have Darren Waller, that would be incredible. Plus, you have Henry Ruggs from a year ago. Yeah, but again, I just don't think that he's going to even get out of the top 10. That dude is an absolute player. He's a playmaker, you know, and, and, and the Raiders, they need as many playmakers as, as possible, but they need it on both sides of the ball. So, I'm not saying that the offense has to go up to top three. If they get up there around, you know, five or six, great. But that defense has got to go from 30 to at least, at least I would say 17. At least 17. I, I just, it just can't be the bottom of the barrel anymore. And, and on top of that, they need to find a way to create some turnovers. I talked about Marcus Williams being a guy that they may target at that safety position from the Saints if he becomes available. That's a guy who creates turnovers. That's what they want. That's what they need. I mean, that's the one thing about those uh, Seattle Seahawks, those uh, Legion of Boom defenses. They create a bunch of turnovers. Earl Thomas was an absolute stud. Richard Sherman, he made his money being able to create turnovers. You know, the Raiders need guys like that, guys that could be ball hawks, guys that could go and get the ball, turn it over, give Derek Carr more opportunities with the ball in a short, in a short field. That's what they've got to do, and the, and the run game's got to be better. Josh Jacobs didn't do that great down the stretch as far as running. He really, I mean, even to, to be honest, as, as big of a Josh Jacobs fan as I am, he really didn't have that great of a, a, a sophomore season. You know, I mean, he was he was good. He still went over 1,000 yards, but it wasn't 1,000 effective yards like it was his rookie year. His rookie year, man, he was out there running with a purpose. Sophomore year, 
just a little bit different. Think about this. When the Raiders were 6-3 and three and they were playing really well and people were talking about the playoffs, they were averaging 141.7 yards per game on the ground. Then it dropped all the way down to 91.6. That's when they went 2-5 and five down the stretch. And the only game that they really had a big time running was against L.A., the Chargers. They ran for 173 yards. But remember, remember who was the big time runner in that game? Marcus Mariota. He ran for 88 yards. So out of 173 yards, 88 of them came from your quarterback, who was only in the game because Derek Carr got injured. So, I mean, think about that. I mean, the the run game struggled. Well, the Raiders struggled because they've got to be able to have uh, that solid run game. So uh, I've been talking about uh, another compliment running back to Josh Jacobs, and and I mentioned Najee Harris multiple times. I would love to see him there because I think that's a great one-two punch. Both guys could be starters. You don't have to rely on, oh, Josh Jacobs has to go over 100 yards this game to be the dude. No, you could have Najee could have a great game, and Josh Jacobs could have a complimentary game, or vice versa. But you can have that one-two punch that could be dynamic. I mean, look what the the Baltimore Ravens do. Look at all the running they do. Now, they they might run the ball a little too much, including with Lamar Jackson. They run the hell out of the ball, you know, and, and multiple guys could come in and run the rock whenever. I wouldn't be mad if the Raiders invested in another big-time running back by way of the draft. I'm not saying going out and spend no free agency money on a, on a running back unless you're able to get a guy really, really cheap that, you know, could provide you a couple good years but still has starter material, still starter uh, ability. I'd be fine with that. That'd be great. I mean, there's a lot of, of this team that needs to improve. I will say, I, th- I think the defense needs to get a lot better. I- I'm not going to just say, hey, go all in on the offense and everything will be fine. The defense has got to get a lot better. The offense could still be improved. And I don't think John Gruden's ever, ever going to try to stop improving the offense. Hell, the Kansas City Chiefs don't ever try to stop improving the offense. As many playmakers as they have, and they're still like, oh, there's another one in the draft. Yeah, no problem. We'll get them. We'll take them. You know, they went out there and added Le'Veon Bell when he became a free agent, and he's not even really that good anymore. But they're like, hey, you know what? Let's go ahead and take the chance with this guy. We may be able to use him down the stretch. Ultimately, man, you've got to still be able to make plays defensively. And this is one of my arguments that I had, not argument, but one of my, my points that I made with Brother Marquise. I said, look, I, I know what we saw in the Super Bowl from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and stolen down the Chiefs and beating the Chiefs and really stomping them. I'm not really worried about that. Go back a couple years. When the Chiefs beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl, What did they do? They came out with some big-time plays when they needed. Patrick Mahomes threw interceptions on back-to-back drives, and San Francisco only came away with three points. Kansas City's defense bowed their neck and only uh, allowed San Francisco to kick a field goal. And that was a big reason why they stayed in that game. If San Francisco had been able to turn that into 14 points off of two turnovers, then all of a sudden Kansas City's looking up wondering, oh, what in the world just happened? They they were able to come up with defensive plays when need be. And even this year uh, when Kansas City was playing, their defense, you know their defense isn't that great. But they still made plays when they had to, and in particular, were able to create turnovers. So that's where this defense, that's what Gus Bradley's job is going to be. Rob Marinelli, they've got to find a way to make this defense opportunistic. They've got to be able to create some turnovers, and they've got to be able to force teams to kick field goals more times than not instead of just giving up touchdowns all the time. There's no way they can go into another season, give up 478 points, and think that they're going to go to the playoffs. It's just not going to happen. They were able to squeak out 8-8. Eight and eight. I just don't think that's going to happen again. I just Teams are, are too good in the NFL to allow that many points, and you're going to win a lot of games. The Raiders were lucky, in my opinion, to go 8-8 eight and eight in 2020. So that's all I got for you, but I would love to hear from you. Uh, 707-654-4693. Let me know your thoughts on that. Speaking of your thoughts, coming up in segment number three, calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Again, the number 707-654-4693. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. There's a lot of good action that you could be a part of. 
betonline.ag is going to help you get in on the action. And when, when you say, and you're probably like, Q, what action are you talking about? I mean, NBA. I mean, NCAA college basketball. I'm talking about uh, baseball's right around the corner. Hockey's going on right now. UFC's got some great action you can get involved in. I mean, there's, it doesn't matter. If it's a sport, you could bet on it, and you can make a lot of good money, and betonline.ag is going to help you do that. You can open up a free account today. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. So what I mean by that is you put $100 in your account, you're going to have $150 to play with. You put $200 in your account, you're going to have $300 to play with. It's just like playing with someone else's money. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook experts, and they, again, have everything covered. BetOnline.ag, if you're on social media, you can find them at BetOnline underscore AG. Take advantage of all the great bonuses, all the great specials that they have. Again, BetOnline.ag. Segment number three is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Starting us off first is H in Albuquerque calling in to talk about Derek Carr. But not is he or isn't he, but more winning or not winning with him. What that says about Coach Gruden. Here he is, H in Albuquerque. Hey Q, this is H in Albuquerque. I just got through listening to your latest drop. And uh, first of all, prayers. my prayers go out to the state of Texas. Um, I hope you guys uh, get through this and and get to the other side. Um, but uh, unsurprisingly, there's a lot of car tra- chatter still, and a thought occurred to me. Um, Derek's not uh, an elite quarterback. He's right on the border, I think. Um, but my feeling is if Carr, or excuse me, if Gruden can't win with Carr, then he's not the coach I thought he was. And that's all I got to say. There he is right there, H in Albuquerque. And thank you for the, you know, the well wishes for the state of Texas. Of course, we definitely need it in a major way. We are doing a lot better. Just an update on us, uh, ourselves, my family. We're doing a lot better. But uh, there's still a lot of folks that are in major, major need in the state of Texas. So definitely appreciate those thoughts. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've said it about Derek Carr. He's definitely good enough to win with. He's not elite, and that's okay. I mean, it's been proven that you don't need to be elite to win the whole thing. You just got to be good and, and be able to make the guys around you better. And I think Derek Carr has a very good grasp of John Gruden's offense. He's continued to get better each and every year. I think that, yeah, there's a lot of things to like about Derek Carr. Can he still improve? Absolutely. But does he have to be elite to, to be a winner, to be able to win multiple games? No, but the team's got to be, you know, complimentary. I mean, I, I talked about it in segment number two. It's got to be more than just the offense has to be top three. The defense has got to carry its weight as well. But they both need to complement each other in a major way. So thank you so much for that call, my man. Definitely appreciate you. Uh, next is a text from East Bay T, a pretty lengthy text from him. He says, hey, Q, this is East Bay T again. Just want to say thanks for soldiering on to bring us content through power outages and cold water showers. This may be a long text, so I apologize in advance. I grew up in the East Bay, East Oakland, Hayward, San Leandro. You know, trips to the Coliseum with my pops to see the Raiders are some of my earliest memories. There is one love till I die, and that's the silver and black. Even when I was living in Fresno and watching David and Derek play for the Bulldogs, I was still making trips to the Coliseum. There's just something different about a Raider fan, and you've touched on it before. There is a never-say-die, down-in-the-gut, faithfulness to the true members of Raider Nation. We got that dog in us that get up and fight again. I spent a lot of my youth addicted to drugs and in and out of jail until the judge washed me for 25 to life, three strikes. 
Well, I didn't give up. By the grace of God, a relationship with my Savior, Jesus changed me. I finished two college degrees through the mail in prison with a 4.0 GPA. I studied law and petitioned for a new sentence. After 11 years inside, I was granted my freedom, and I'm still not supposed to see a parole board until 2027. I've been home eight years now, clean and sober for 19 years. I've finished a business degree since I came home and have learned what it means to put things first. I'm blessed with an amazing family and job and a bright future. Praise God. But it's that never quit, never give up attitude that makes a true Raider. Well, let me just say, that's what Derek Carr has too. He's been a member of Raider Nation since before he ever put on a uniform. He's made a commitment to get better year after year, and he's an example on and off the field. Plus, he has a respect of the locker room. That's called commitment to excellence. Not many teams can say that about their quarterback. He's not the GOAT, but with a little help on defense, he can certainly get the job done and bring home a Lombardi trophy. I wish everyone would get off his jock and focus on what's important, RD. Stay up, Q, and much love, Raider Nation. I'm out. That's from East Bay T. Very lengthy text. Very good text. Uh, lots of stuff to go over in that one. And uh, first of all, congratulate to you, man. Congratulations for overcoming everything that you had going on in your life uh, to make a better uh, a better person uh, out of yourself. So, uh, you know, congratulations to you. And I can understand what you're talking about, about the the dog and Derek Carr and, and the, you know, the will to keep fighting and, and the will to get better. And, you know, again, that's something that he's got to continue to do. If he wants to take this team where they want to go, which is the promised land, uh, he's got to do better. But, you know, like you mentioned, the defense has got to be a lot better as well uh but it's it's a team effort it's a total team effort i always say wins and losses for quarterbacks and head coaches are the dumbest stat in sports but it's it is a stat you know and unfortunately for Derek, he gets the raw end of the deal because he doesn't have enough wins uh, under his belt with the raiders to make everyone in raider nation appreciate him but what i can say is there's other teams out there that would appreciate him i mean you wouldn't know how many uh, you wouldn't believe actually how many interviews i've done with uh, other people that cover other teams that are just kind of inquiring about Derek Carr because they're interested in having him as their starting quarterback or or hoping that their team gets him as their starting quarterback. So uh, anyway, great, great stuff, man. Definitely appreciate you. And, uh, and again, hope to uh, hear from you. Next up is a call from my guy Luke in Connecticut. He's calling about multiple subjects, multiple players, including Nicholas Morrow, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, Cleve Furl, J.J. Watt. He's talking about the draft. It's a very loaded call here is Luke from Connecticut. Thank you. Luke from Connecticut. I don't think I've called this podcast since two or three years ago, so I guess technically I'm not a new booty. But uh, yeah, I got a couple things I want to talk about. Um, something that nobody's been, nobody's mentioned so far is, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Nicholas Morrow, free agent. Um, I know we're talking about ways to free up cap space with uh, you know getting rid of Trent Brown. Yeah, talking about getting rid of Marcus Joyner. I still regret the Raiders never used it safety, but whatever it is, what it is. Uh, Tyler Williams, et cetera, et cetera, Marcus Mariota. And uh, I can't believe I'm hearing people say that we have to keep Marcus Mariota. You never pay a guy $10 million in the field. I don't understand the point in that. Anyway, Nicholas Morrow, uh, my opinion, balled out, balled out this year. Played very well on a contract deal. Um, always a guy I liked, had potential, played hard, uh, was versatile, um, and actually looked like a starting linebacker this year. But, uh, you know, with the Raiders being strapped for cap and having so many needs, um, what if, what if the Raiders, uh, didn't resign him? And maybe that is a possibility, but let's say they didn't. And, uh, I, I know a name you've been floating around on the podcast and you know, I've been seeing on Twitter is, uh, is, uh, Awusu Kormo from Notre Dame, who I love. He's, he's, like you say, often he's an alpha dog. Uh, flies around the field, uh, be something the Raiders need. They need speed. They need violence. So uh, energy, something that that I mean that defense needs everything. Anyways, uh, you know, 
another and it's another cost effective move. And it's something to do with the seventeenth pick. I'm tired of the Raiders reaching for players that they don't necessarily you know, they they don't go for the top talent guy. They go for a guy that they just feel like they need. Uh Cleveland Furrow, for example. I love Cleveland Furrow coming out of Clemson, but you don't pick him at four. I would have loved to grab him in the twenties. I thought that was a great pick for adding him to our team, but not where he was picked. And I, I, I have high expectations for him moving forward. I think he's an incredibly talented guy. Uh, that being said, um, and people want to answer the core, J.J. Watt, I don't care what it takes. Uh, John Gruden preaches intensity and, and toughness and, and, you know, we need, we need leaders and, and accountability. Well, you know what? If the Raiders don't put everything they have into pursuing J.J. Watt, at the end of the day, if you don't get him, it is what it is. But all I want to see is that the Raiders were heavily pursuing J.J. Watt. And if he's not on the Raiders' radar, make him on the radar. Like, he, like he needs to think about the Raiders, and the Raiders need to think about him. Uh, that move changes the entire aura of a defense. Uh, really, there's no, there's no questions to be asked. The guy could still play. Uh, I'd pay him almost anything he wants. So do what you got to do. Him and, and another veteran in, in the defensive backfield, and I think the defense is a completely different unit. Remember, remember, we don't need them to be elite. We just need them to be competent. There he goes right there. Luke in Connecticut obviously wants to pursue J.J. Watt. Even if they come up short, pursue him with everything. Roll it out there. Hey, what do you need? Here, let's make this happen. That's uh, that's what Luke wants. Uh, yeah, and, and I mean, I think that the Raiders will make a move for him. I don't know if he's going to be a guy uh, that's interested in the Raiders. I really don't. I mean, there's a lot of different things that he's going to probably want to go into a factor of whatever team he plays with next, and I don't know if the Raiders fit the criteria. But, again, going after him is fine, like you said, even if he says no, and nothing wrong with that. Uh, I also agree, though, Awusu Koromoa is the type of player the Raiders should definitely target in the draft. Speed, ability to cover. He can cover the tight ends out of the backfield. Uh, he can provide some extra pass rush ability. I mean, he he could be a dude. And I think the biggest point was what you said. They don't have to be an elite defense, but they've got to be a lot better than they were in 2020. I mean, as simple as that. They've got to be a lot better than they were in 2020. So thank you so much for that call. Uh, just got a couple more uh, left. I got a text from Emerson from North Texas. What's up, Q? It's Emerson from North Texas. I wanted to talk to you about the mediocrity cycle. I feel like the Raiders are stuck in this place where they're just good enough to not have a high enough draft pick to get a difference maker, but not good enough to legitimately compete. So we'll spend the next couple of years hoping we luck into a major draft fine or that a free agency pickup will work out great. But otherwise, we'll just stay middle of the road until we fizzle out and have to try to start again. My question is, do you think it's better to stay in this place, to stay the course, or should we try to throw a haymaker or two, throw everything at Watson trade, trade a couple ones for a young defensive stud, with the understanding that if they don't work, we'll have to blow everything up and start over sooner. I personally would rather we take the big risk trying to get the big reward than we just keep being a 7-9 and nine to 9-17. Nine and 17. Thanks, brother. Love what you do for the nation. That's from, Tex- that's from Emerson from North Texas. And Emerson, hopefully everything is good with you as far as weather goes. And, uh, you know, you have electricity and everything there in North Texas. Hopefully you're being safe uh, as a guy in Texas. I know how the weather is. So hopefully everything is going really well with you. And that's a good question, you know. Do you think that the Raiders are a good enough team if if they make a few tweaks here and there that they can be a really good team that could be a legit contender? Or do you think you're like Emerson that they're just kind of stuck in the middle between a seven and nine and a nine and seven team? If that's the question, then something's got to change, right? You don't want to get stuck right there in the middle, just stuck in you know mediocrity. So then, do you make a, a move? Do you go and th- try to throw a couple haymakers? I mean, possibly. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's the million-dollar question. I think John Gruden and company have to look at their roster, look at the team, and be honest with themselves about where they really are. 
But the problem is they just blew it up a couple years ago. So now you blow it up a couple years ago, and then a couple years later you say, okay, let's blow it up again, or let's go try to throw a haymaker. You know, they, they thought that they were throwing haymakers when they were getting rid of Mack and Cooper, and they were going to collect all these, these draft picks, and, and then they were going to be able to get all these real good players and have plenty of salary cap space. And, well, I mean, still, you know, you look at it now, they're 8-8. Eight and eight. So, I mean, it's a damn good question. Don't get me wrong. I don't know if I could just give you the answer. If that makes any sense. So uh, thank, thank you so much for that text, though. Definitely appreciate you. And like I mentioned, hopefully uh, you're staying safe there in North Texas. Um, call from O-Town Dave, a.k.a. The Mailman. He called in the other day. He's calling to talk about Marcus Mariota and how he actually disagrees with my thoughts on Marcus. And he explains why. Here he is, O-Town Dave, a.k.a. The Mailman. Hey, Q-Pac. What's up? What's up, Raider Nation? Oh, so this is O-Town Dave, a.k.a. The Mailman. <laughs> Hugh, I wanted to call back and talk to you about the Mariota thing that I wanted to talk to you about the other day, but then I rambled off into uh, some story, which I hope was pretty cool and that you enjoyed. But uh, I have different feelings um, about Mariota than you do, Q, and I know you respectfully uh, agree to disagree with people at times, and I want to give you my reasoning why. So in 2016, car goes down, we go to our backup, which – uh, I can't remember at the time he gets hurt on the first drive and we end up going with a rookie quarterback in a playoff game. I feel really comfortable with Marcus as our, as our car insurance. He played really well against the chargers. We should have won that game. Uh, we're first and five inside, you know, first and goal. Uh, and then we decided to kick the field goal, and we all know how that game ended. But we should have won that game. Had we won that game, Marcus would have gotten a $300,000 bonus. I know that that doesn't matter, but I really like Marcus, but I also am really supportive about Derek. I'm not poo-pooing on Derek at all. But I was hoping that we'd see more from Marcus in uh, game 16. I really thought that uh, Derek might be out of job, which is unfortunate, you know, for anybody that has an injury. But uh, I want to keep Marcus. Somebody text into the show, I believe it was on Wednesday, that finally had some feelings that I agree with, <laughs> whereas everybody else is like, oh, let's dump Marcus for a third-round pick, get rid of the $10 million. Like, it's okay to have Marcus there. He's a nice blanket to have. Maybe we will throw him in out there more, like what you've been talking about, Q, in the red zone, or do some different shit with him. I'm cool with that, but let's keep him. We need to have a solid backup to car. No quarterback goes through the whole year without – Getting injured, almost never. Not everybody's Brett Favre, okay? Derek's had his share of injuries, too. So just my ideas, Q. Uh, love the podcast and love what you do, and uh, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. So stay up, Raider Nation, and good luck to you, Q, and getting power back. <laughs> All right, man, one. There he goes, O-Town Dave right there, and he would love to keep Marcus Mariota. He doesn't want to move on from him, and I, I would be okay with keeping him around as well if they're going to use him, like you mentioned, uh, but I just didn't – I don't see it. I don't see uh, them using him because they didn't use him in, in 2020. They used him in one game. Why didn't they use him more often? I thought, especially down the stretch after he did what he did against the Chargers, that he could really be a useful weapon down the stretch, and they decided not to use him. I think the problem that they run into this year is not only just not using him, but his salary. His salary he's commanding, I think, is too tough based off of what we know about the salary cap right now. We know that the floor is at $180 million. It could go up a little bit more, but that's a lot of money to play for a guy, uh, pay for a guy that might not play very much, you know, at, or, or at all. 
based off of uh, if Derek Carr gets injured. I mean, if you're actually going to use them legitimately, put them on the field and use them in multiple packages, then great. I'm all for it. But if you're just going to only use them as a backup, I think that you can use your money. You can spend your money on something uh, more and, and something better that you'll get more use out of than just a, a one-time use. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's good money spent if you're only going to use them as a backup quarterback. You've got to get more out of them. But, again, that's just my opinion. So we'll see what happens. But great call, man. Great call and, and great reason to keep them. I, I definitely appreciate that. Uh, one text, and then we'll be done for the day and done for the week. A text from Raider Brother Loyalty from the 915. said, what it do, Q? What's good, Nation? It's your Raider brother, Loyalty Raider from the 915. I hate to be that guy, but did you see the Bucks celebrating their victory on those yachts with their mask on? Me neither. <laughs> I get it. The season is over, and they're Super Bowl chumps. I'm pretty sure that doesn't make you immune to the coronavirus. They seem to really be the only team actually caught on camera, but for some reason, the Raiders are the only team to lose a draft pick. We were the example, Raider Nation. I'm not saying those fake pirates deserve to lose a pick, but they should consider giving ours back. Maybe I'm in my feelings because I feel like Brady cheated again. Look how they stacked the team. Brady, Gronk, Fournette, Brown, and they didn't. And then they just pay Sue. How does the salary cap actually work then? I'm just saying. That's Raider Brother Loyalty from the 915. And you know, it's funny that you brought up their mask and their lack of mask on, the, on their, uh, their celebration yachts and everything. Because I was thinking that too. I know that they said that they didn't have to have them on while they were drinking. And clearly... Based off of what you saw from Tom Brady, they were all drinking and they were drinking a lot. But yeah, man, they were out there celebrating like, hey, nothing, nothing mattered at all. And I don't know if the league doesn't care now that the season's over. I don't know if they're worried about that now. I don't know the exact protocols, but I did actually think about that and saw that uh, during that celebration. But as far as I'm concerned, uh, I don't think that anyone did anything dirty or I don't think anyone cheated for the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I think Tampa Bay just went all in. They got Brady and said, hey, this is not something for four or five years. This is for now. You know, we're here to win the Super Bowl now. They went and got Gronk. They traded for him. Fournette, he signed there. They, they signed him as a free agent. The Raiders could have. When Jacksonville cut him, they didn't go out and get him on the waiver wire. They could have. They didn't. Antonio Brown, they had him. Didn't work out. Uh, Sue was only there on a one-year deal. He's about to be a, a free agent again. He's actually going to be available for any team to sign. So uh, I just, they went all in. They said, hey, it's, it's Super Bowl or bust. And, they, and it worked out. Sometimes it does. A lot of times it doesn't. But it worked out for Tampa Bay. So thank you so much for that text, my man. I appreciate you. And thank you, everyone, for all the feedback that we got on today's Locked On Raiders podcast and all the podcasts throughout the course of the week. I definitely appreciate that. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Uh, we'll start talking a little bit of draft coming up on Monday. Matter of fact, I have a, a guy that I think I'll be uh, talking to over the weekend and bring to you on Monday's show, talking about the draft and some guys that the Raiders could be looking at or should be looking at in the draft. So I think that'll come up on Monday show. I'm not 100% sure, so I'll just leave it at that. Uh, of course, we'll have more calls and texts right off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line and, of course, news and notes collected over the weekend. So Raider Nation, stay safe no matter where you are. There's a lot of bad weather, not only in Texas, but across the country. Be safe out there. Of course, the coronavirus is still alive and well and kicking. Be safe with that. You know, wear your mask, social distance, do what you got to do. Uh, just be safe, man. Just be safe and uh, take care of yourself over the course of the weekend. We'll be back on Monday. Until then, Raider Nation, as always, most importantly, just win, baby.